what it is what's up in my grandma's driveway for an hour waiting for her to get back from Walmart so I can get my stuff and go back home in the cut um my throat feels back better uh I have shells to do for probably the next 20 minutes so I'm out here uh fucking and one conversation one topic that has uh you know kind of uh bubbled up in my brain uh, at nauseum I would say it's TJ Finley and Bonets, right? So I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna speak just not from a statistical perspective because I don't feel like pulling out statistics. I'm gonna just pull it up from somebody who's watched, I believe, at least a half of every Bonets game. Uh, some of those fucking years, 2020, just disgusting. I mean, I couldn't watch all of them. But I would say for the most part, most of what Bonets has done as a quarterback, and then I watched TJ Finley against Auburn, I believe, against Alabama in his entirety out there. And then um, another game somewhere, but I don't remember which one. Uh, so this isn't even like a game comparison or anything like that. It's just how I feel and how I feel about the discourse and people analyzing this guy coming to Auburn. I believe Auburn appears to be the favorite at this very moment. I think he has Penn State, Auburn, and another uh, – oh, Texas. And Texas as his top three currently uh, from what I first projected. And – the issue with that is that Texas has two quarterbacks that are both young that they like. Uh, Penn State, I think, would be the best option. Uh, they had some cat behind shit Clifford that I believe they really liked. Uh, they got a lot of burn with, with Clifford just being, you know, shit Clifford. Um, so they might run with him instead. But I think he, I think he, honest to God, views Auburn as his. Out of those three, I think he views Auburn as his easiest chance to get a starting job. He does not sound even cognizant of the fact that there's an entrenched starter there and a that's a huge that's like a huge confidence thing i mean like that's monkey nuts right there obviously um and then b i think it it, it speaks volumes to how i think he's being recruited because it's very easy to tell a quarterback hey we have this guy as a starter and then we thought you could come and compete with him that's a different notion like I think a cor- even a prospect, a recruit that's being wooed and dined, would still understand that's a different presentation altogether than, hey, you're going to be basically one one B from Jump Street. I mean, you're gonna have to earn it, but like you're coming in to compete as a start, not just you know in case of. I, I think that presentation is reflective in how he is, uh, how in what little he said about going to Auburn it's reflective I I see it in it I see it in what he says and I see it in how from what I see you know it's football pundits and 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 analysts people who get paid to cover a team always are going to egg on whatever direction makes the most money some people beating the drum that bonus is this super still talented prospect that is the incumbent incumbent um the the starter a guy that can do everything that finley can do yada yada that is going to bring more views for some people and for some people maybe they had an anti-knit slant and really you can't have a slant in that direction there's literally no maximum to how much you don't feel good about bonus as a quarterback i mean he is all right i'm just i'm not gonna beat that drum today 
But the point is, they're going to go whatever direction makes more money. But for what I understand, pretty much everyone is presenting it in such a way that Finley is under the auspices that he'll be basically coming in on close to even ground. Obviously, it'd be ignorant to say even ground, but close there too. And I don't see why he wouldn't. I don't think Harson would recruit anybody other than a running back under the assumption that you're going to basically be competing. Every position on offense, in my other than tight end maybe, is for the most part up for grab up for grab. I think I still am a little bit nasally. That might be reflecting my voice right now. But um so yeah, I mean that, that covers one half of what I wanted to say. I really just want to get off the point that attitude wise I don't see either side either the coaches nor the recruit presenting this as if Finley is coming in to be a backup now he might compete and then become a backup but he's not being positioned for that and it couldn't be if you are a pro nits and you just think that he needs somebody to push him it couldn't honest to God be a situation to which he would be pushed if he wasn't basically having this seat you know on fire like if it was just like oh we'll push you but you know there's no actual like basically what, what happened in freshman year freshman year or leading there too i really don't believe that gatewood was given a fair chance to compete against that guy for what i understand gatewood led and they had a spring game into which gatewood looks comparable to net throwing the ball and was not allowed to run and then net somehow got ahead because in practice reports and this is bad for an extended stretch. And Gate Wilson never got burned. I think Malik Willis never got a fair shake at Auburn. So, I mean, that's not even worth mentioning. But it, it, it'd, be, it'd be basically what people hate to say. It'd be Gus' favoritism if they did not allow Nitz to lose his job potentially. And it would be even, you know, closer to what Gus would do if it wasn't a starting job that was up in the air during the season. You can't just keep the job just because you won in preseason. Especially with the idea that we won't even see Finley run the ball. We probably won't see a televised scrimmage, live scrimmage, anything like that going forward. I know I try to do new things now, but I don't think we'll see that for the rest of this uh, offseason. So we probably won't see Finley move around, you know, until he gets some starting, you know, or, or some burn in the game. So um, what do I want to pivot from there? I want to I talk about one more thing. So <laughs> this is the biggest thing. I want to know why people think that it is that unruly for these two guys to be on even ground. Okay, Bo had two more years at Auburn under a a system that a majority of people who are beating this Bo drum do not enjoy thinking about whatsoever. Under a coach that people don't enjoy thinking about. And you can spin that both ways. But there's so many factors that go into the irrelevancy of him playing under Gus and playing at Auburn and all for the past two years, other than having, you know, taking the licks and knowing the, knowing, and that's not even knowing the landscape because he knows the landscape about as much as Finley does. He has another, you know, probably, I would say 10 games on Finley, but it's like, they both play Alabama. That's, that's it. I mean, they both play Alabama. Who gives a shit about the rest of it? Like, okay, both sucked against Georgia for three out of seven quarters. I mean, not three out of seven quarters, six out of seven quarters. He had one good quarter in the fourth quarter. Wait. I removed the quarter he was good at. He sucked against Georgia for seven out of eight quarters. 
He was good for the one fourth quarter in 2019. But it's like, that's not even like, like Finley could be bad against the team. Finley was bad against A&M. So it's like, what's the relevancy of being bad against the team? I guess going to play in Sanford, there's some value in that. But it's like, okay, so you want to play. Finley wouldn't play in Sanford this year. So we just have to get around to that next year. And we're not going to win in Sanford anyway. So who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> Finley knows LSU. He knows. So like, we'd never win in Louisiana. Finley knows that better than any Auburn quarterback. He knows how to win in Louisiana better than any Auburn quarterback in you know, before Bo was like born. So it's like, you know, that's the strength, I guess, to some degree. He won't be scared, I hope, by by Death Valley. Um, but yeah, on a serious tip, it's just like Bo has not like I, I, I always look at Bo because I, I talk to a lot of people that are not Auburn fans and even actively shit on Auburn, and it's like. Getting that perspective allows me to see, like, this guy is not viewed as being very talented by almost anybody except Auburn fans. I would say anybody except Auburn fans. I don't know anybody who's ever spun Bo, you know, in, like, the past kind of, you know, I would say five or six months. Kind of spun Bo as being this still uber-talented, first-faced prospect at this point. Yeah, he could be a Jason Cam, but it kind of comes on late. Um, you know, maybe if you want to talk about a Hurts who kind of looked good under, you know, Kiffin and then Dabble and, you know, whatever. He could be a late bloomer. I get that. But that's a whole different presentation. He can still be a young. He only has two years left. Like, that's it. He only has two years left and that's it. So it's like, he can't even be young at this point. Like, Finley, I think, burnt a year. So he's a sophomore. So he only has one more year than this. I understand that. But it's like, this guy is, I would think, more easily molded by the simple fact that he he's going to go from being basically in a, um, you know, I mean, I, I think Insmigger's offense is pretty fucking, you know, pedantic and antiquated, but it's a pro-style offense. He'll be going from a pro-style offense to a pro-style offense. Now, I mean, Bobo's is a little bit different. Harson throws him with multiple concepts, so it's, it's like a building up rather than a, you know, kind of a reduction or even an equal footing. But this is going from Gus's pretty, I mean, bare bones offense to Chad's kind of more over the middle and passing, you know, developed offense. But still, I would say on the easier scale of things, they have to take that massive jump, which for I understand he is taking that fairly well as of late kind of was problematic for him in the spring from what I understand but I mean I just think it's easier to mold somebody that has less information in their heads and I think that other than you know kind of trying to do too much I think Finley is pretty much still a very young and moldable individual Nitsch has had like I think pretty much every major issue we've seen out of our Auburn quarterback the the yips bad footwork trying to do too much, not trusting the O-line. I mean, literally everything I've ever seen have a bad Auburn quarterback on the Gus's tenure. He pretty much combined that in bow. So it's like, it's really hard to break that, you know? It's not impossible, but I just think, like, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, risk and reward. I mean, like, if you're 50-50 between Bow and Finley coming out of spring camp, I, you don't have many other people that really... I guess were like 
leaning on Bowles as paragon of leadership last year in the past two years. Most of those are gone at this point, so it's kind of like a blank canvas across the board. A multitude of hordes of people being like ejected for, I guess, not following the line with the new regime. I think that if there's any time to just say fuck it, take the bandit off and just throw Finley out there game one, see what he's about, then maybe give Nets a second half or whatever. I mean, this is the regime that would do that. If you're being realistic, it would it should not be surprising anybody based on everything that's been said to this point for Finley to be the day one starter and then Nets have to earn the job back like throughout the season. Now, I think that Nets... To be honest with you, I do think that Nets will start if the season started today. I do, even if Finley, obviously Finley wouldn't have time to acclimate to the playbook. But even if it started, I don't know, let's say July, and he committed today. He had like two months to learn the playbook. Even August, I think he might, well, I don't know about August. I think that, I really don't, I don't know. If you, if you said August like 20th. I'd be like, maybe Finley. Maybe Finley would start. Just because it's Akron, I believe, game one. You kind of can... The the one thing going against Finley, the one thing going against him is that there's like... I believe it's Penn State and then somebody else that's pretty decent. And then like burner game, like either LSU or Georgia. I believe it's Georgia. So like it's like three really solid teams in the, like the first five games. And two of those like back-to-back after Akron... It's really hard to see how much Philly could learn if he committed, even like like right now, this very moment. Now, 30 months is a lot of time to digest a playbook, but you're doing that in the absence of a lot of depth because a lot of guys are gone now on defense, uh, and you're doing it against without the quote-unquote live game feel of the spring game. It's just a lot of like a lot of. I guess experience that that Finley won't have in terms of being in this practice, like the practice setting for this particular team that I think he may lose out on more than just like, oh, both play more games or, you know, yada, yada, the schedule, blah, blah. I just don't think he'll have the the practice comfort yet by the time we're getting to August. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. I just think, here's just to summarize things. I think the coaching staff is bringing him in. If he's, if he's close, he's going to be He's going to have, like, no disadvantages. Let's just say that. He's not going to have any disadvantages of, you know, preemptive starter, uh, incumbent starter, uh, you know, not knowing the Auburn culture, all those rigmaroles, tan- intangibles. I don't think those would be problems in his race to be the starter. And then, two, I really don't think that, Bo is good enough for us to like give him a cushion that some people want to give him. Maybe there's some some temporal issues that will make it kind of hard for him to be that guy this late into the game. But as far as just what Bo Nitz is versus what Finley is, I don't believe that Bo has that big an advantage. Uh, I've seen Finley perform. I mean, Alabama, he performed pretty damn well against Alabama. I mean, Nitz did for about... I would say maybe a quarter in totality, maybe. But uh, I would say Finley kind of did severely better. And Finley also looked good for about a quarter in against Auburn, which is the number four defense in the conference. He just really, really could not handle like They pretty much went like what they did with the Mississippi State game and kind of went air raid uh, once he kind of got behind the queue. 
he just was not prepared for that. There was no running threat. Auburn just pretty much like reared back and just started bringing pressure every down. Uh, his own line was in his face all the time. And, you know, once he got to that point, it's hard for him to, to make up, you know, kind of the difference. But, I mean, like, I, people in a brand like the, the, him being third in the, that race. It's like, from what I understand, Orgeron plays, like, kind of favors with his system. I mean, I've heard that Brennan got promoted ahead of, um, I think it was, was it Narcissi and, and somebody else? Uh, I think it was like Narcissi and somebody else. Uh, got promoted... Was it Justin McMillan? I think it was Justin McMillan. But he got promoted over a couple of cats that felt like they were pretty much right there. And Narcissus was like 2014. That's, that's Brandon Harris. Anyway, um, he got promoted over some cats that really thought they were like right there in the, the quarterback job just because of like some, you know, and that's, that's the things I'm going to talk about here. But like, that's what I heard from LSU fans. And people thought that shit was going to like backfire massively leading into that season. Obviously, Burrow did his thing. Brandon had to come in too often. Brandon isn't bad, but, like, Brandon played the easiest games for the most part. I think he got hurt, like, in one of the burning games before they even got to Auburn. Um, Brandon, I mean, not Brandon, Johnson looked good in the back, like, pretty much the garbage time of all the games he came in. He looked decent against Alabama. He looked, you know, he did, I think, one touchdown drive against uh, Auburn. Looked the best against A&M in comparison to Finley. But for what I understand, A&M also had their backups in for most of the time that Brennan, I mean, Johnson looked good. So there's that. Um, he, I mean, he's just somebody that got the advantage. I mean, the Florida game, like, Florida probably was one of the worst SEC East champion champions in terms of defense that, like, we've seen. And there's been some pretty bad ones, but they're, they were – uh, God awful uh, on every level. Um, so I mean, like I came in, and they, he still should have lost. Like it, it was absolute nonsense that they won that game. So I mean, I, I think Philly should come in with pretty much like, if it was an advantage, it should be like a zero to ten advantage, like the first quarter, like something he could easily come back from if he puts in the work. That's it for me. Hope you enjoyed this. You probably didn't. Peace. Mm-hmm.